0: Johnny! Has he done it? He sure has! Pass-breaker for the Wallabies! Manchester City is still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero!
1: What's the score with Aaron and Isaac? Hello and good morning, good evening and good night to you lovely bunch. This is What's the school with Aaron and Isaac and today I am Aaron Lacey, but I am joined by Gareth Bale.
2: Hello. I was trying to do Welsh, but that wasn't good.
1: No. Hi guys,
2: it's not actually it's Isaac here, but uh yeah. I've done my hair like Gareth. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh I stuck an old pink hairband in it just because that was the first one I could find. But it's getting in the way so of uh, it's, it's come to the And time we are of the not year.
1: supporting Wales for the Euros, we're just gonna say. <laughs> anyway, but, yeah. how often will we
2: Not bad. Did some more ultimate frisbee, some NFL, and some side football. Have you learned the
1: rules to uh, NFL?
2: No, I haven't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was the guy that um, I, I played the position of the guy that pings it out of the bottom thingy. So I was, like, you know like you have the you have the thingy and then there's a guy that throws it behind uh, under his legs to the, the quarterback who lobs it. I was the guy that throws it under his legs
1: no I do not know that oh. and on with the news
2: hopefully hopefully they listen to but yes we've got a uh, good show for you today we've got a great interview so stick around for that uh, but first of all First of all, it's the news. Uh, Manu Tuolangi has withdrawn from the England squad after picking up an injury during Sel's premiership semi-final defeat against Exeter at the weekend. Northampton Saints' Fraser Dingwall has been called up and has joined the squad as they prepare for Sunday's England A versus Scotland A fixture in Leicester. Eddie Jones' side will then play two test matches at Twickenham against USA on Sunday the 4th of July. And... Saturday the 10th of July against Canada so uh interesting Saturday 10th of July against Canada we're going to see
1: yeah yeah we we are and um remind me Isaac anyone who's been called up to the England squad or Lions squad for that matter how many are still there
2: not many as it seems <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but obviously Manu's just returned from uh, injury, so uh, such a shame for him um he hasn't played for England since he's returned but uh, yeah, real shame. But then um, Lions as well is interesting. Well, speaking of Lions, actually. Um, yeah. Alan Wynn-Jones will lead the British and Irish Lions in their warm-up test against Japan on Saturday with Dan Bigger and Connor Murray partnering at halfback. There are no England players in the starting 15, though Owen Farrell, who was one of the Saracens contingent to arrive at the Lions camp late after helping to guide their side back to the premiership on Sunday, has been named on the bench alongside uh, Hooker, Jamie George, Anthony Watson and Courtney Laws. Liam Williams has been given the fullback duties with Wales teammate Josh Adams and Scotland flyer Duhan van der Merver on the wing, while Ireland pair Robbie Henshaw and Bundy Aki form the midfield. Um, now, in uh, play- playing at number seven was going to be Hamish Watson. Playing at number three or one was going to be Xander Fagerson. Both Scottish, both have picked up injuries, both are now out of the squad. So, um... <laughs> so yeah, it seems to be the Scottish people that get the injuries. So, yeah, but um, Mano, it's, it's a shame Mano. for them. It's a shame. Uh, I really wanted to see. Hopefully, Hamish Watson will be back for the proper tests against South Africa because um, he's one of their best players, for sure. Um, so, yeah, Xander, he's a good guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, hopefully that'll be good. And hopefully we win. We're playing Japan at yeah. so It'll be a great game. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: I am very excited because Japan and the World Cup were utter class.
2: They were, exactly, so it will be a great game. Right, Aaron's got some Formula 1 for us.
1: Yeah, well, I've got a lot of Formula 1, but first we must look at Le Castellet and the French Grand Prix, where Max Verstappen have extended his championship lead after overcoming Lewis Hamilton, another nail-biting F1 draw at the French Grand Prix, superbly passing his title rival on the penultimate lap of the Paul Ricard race. Uh, on an afternoon that was eventually dictated by team strategy with Red Bull and Mercedes cars evenly matched on track. Verstappen used his tyres attires at, after his second stop to charge up behind a one-stopping Hamilton in the closing stages and counts on his prey on lap 52 or 53. Verstappen swept past a struggling Hamilton on main DRS straight as the Formula One 2021 season continues to sell up decisive wheel-to-wheel battles between its star drivers and oh it was brilliant
2: it was good it was great to watch it was one of the good ones yeah um and it's 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 proven now that verstappen is as good as hamilton because he overtook him like he he has the ability to do so and he did and so i can see it being his year
1: i mean gone are the days of last year where you saw hamil where you saw that little one box and then h-a-m and then he went right race over you um, can get yeah. a race on 52 laps of 53. Absolutely brilliant. However, in but, other... Like
2: before, before you go on, yeah. I just want to say one of my favourite quotes from that race was uh, Bottas uh, over the team radio going, I told you it was going to be a two-stop race. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, the Turkish Grand Prix at Istanbul Park has returned to the 2021 Formula One calendar in place of the Council Singapore event on October the 3rd. Uh, the event will form the middle leg of the triple header between the Russian Grand Prix and the Japanese Grand Prix. This is the second time that Turkey has been added to the 2021 schedule. It was briefly inserted as a replacement for Canada in June, but was quickly removed after the country was added to the government's travel red list um brilliant to see it hopefully we get a wet race and hopefully Lance Stroll wins and everyone's happy
2: fair enough uh, yeah, <laughs> no, last much. year at, um, last year at Turkey was when Hamilton won the, uh, the tournament the series whatever you call it yeah um so yeah championship that's what I was going for um yeah. But, so yeah it'll be a good race and last year it was so yeah l- looking forward to it
1: and the possibly the biggest news of the week Silverstone will operate at full capacity for the British Grand Prix in July, meaning more than 140,000 spectators could be in attendance for the race. The Grand Prix takes place on July the 18th, a day before coronavirus restrictions are set to be lifted, but a full crowd will be allowed after organisers secured test event status for the weekend's racing. In 2019, the British Grand Prix attracted a race day attendance of 141,000. Now we're going to have a full race I mean, finally it's, it's been really, a long time yeah. coming.
2: it's interesting um, it's great to have a load of fan back, fans back in Silverstone is the place to do it I suppose uh, but it's interesting that it's a day before the restrictions obviously it doesn't make too much difference but even still it's a bit odd but I'm surprised it's been allowed generally um,
1: yeah I mean there's, there's also um, me and my friends were chatting about this in uh, college this week and we said um, the sort of thing was sports that aren't grab a ton of money and put it in your back pocket are being neglected. I mean, rugby, how many are in the Twickenham?
2: So uh, it's up to 10,000, I think. It, yeah. Yeah, but something like
1: that. How, how, and we were on about, how is that fair? Exactly. So, well, Twickenham oh.
2: holds a capacity of about 82,000. So it's yeah. about an eighth of the capacity. So, yeah. But, but anyway.
1: How, yeah, basically, it's not fair. Boris saw it out. Um, simple as... Um, It'd be
2: quite cool uh, to go to Silverstone. Actually, might look into that. Interesting. Just, just the thought about that. It's
1: a lot of money, right?
2: Anyway, uh... next story. This is uh, one of the big stories for me, I didn't uh, realise this actually, but the away goals rule will be scrapped from all UEFA club competitions from the start of the 2021-22 season, the governing body has confirmed. The rule was applied to determine the winner of a two-legged knockout tie in cases where the two teams had scored the same number of goals on aggregate over the two matches. If one team had scored more away goals, they would qualify for the next round. PSG and Porto both benefited from the ruling during the 2020-21 Champions League campaign. Likewise, PSG in the Women's Champions League. Now, this is a really big uh, thing, actually, because the away goals has been in place for a, quite a while now. And, well, Aaron, would you like to explain what's going to be in place instead of it?
1: Um, it is extra time and penalty. So, like uh, international matches. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I am a bit. I'm actually quite happy because it'll make the matches a lot easier to watch and you won't have to sit, sit there with a notebook, notebook going through all the possibilities. <laughs> like, What happens if it's 1-1, 2-0 or 2-1? You, yeah. you, you just can watch a match and know there'll be a winner at the end of it who deserves it on the night.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough, I suppose. And it will make it quite exciting on the night. It's just a uh, it's just, it's just change, isn't it? <laughs> it's just a change. Yeah. But change. I think it's a think good change. I do change. think it's a good change.
1: Yeah. Final and story. We, and we move to the Kiwis. New Zealand has become Test crickets in World Champions after Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor steered them to an eight-wicket victory over India on a gripping sixth and final day at the Hampshire Bowl. The Kiwis were set one hundred and thirty-nine to win from fifty-three overs after rolling India for one hundred and seventy and reached their target in forty-five point five overs. Despite a few scares in a as, as a weather weather affected game, days one and four were entirely washed out. Ended in the Southampton sunshine on the reserve day. Ravindra Tran Ashwin, reduced Black Hats to 42 for, 44 for 2 in the chase after dismissing openers Latham and Conway before skipper Williamson and Taylor 52 not out and 47 not out respectively, shared an unbroken match-winning partnership of 96, with Williamson overturning an LBW dismissal of Ashwin on 1 and Taylor dropped by Pajara as a slip on 26. Uh, it was a cracking test match. Um... And well done
2: to the Kiwis. Yeah, great stuff. Now, Kiwis obviously the number one now. I mean, other cricket news. Obviously, England have been playing uh, their T Twenty series against Sri Lanka. Yeah. I uh, turned on BBC Two yesterday. It was on. I saw uh, England get two wickets in two balls and then turned. Backwards, so, beauty. Yeah. <laughs> and Aaron, you going to see the next match?
1: Yeah, I am tomorrow. Well, it's on Saturday, but tomorrow for me right now, two thirty. I will be there. See if you can spot me on the telly, or if anyone who does. My
2: admiration. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, just very exciting. Obviously, England have already won the series, haven't they? 2-0. Um, but their third yeah. game still happens. Am I right?
1: Yeah, third game still happens. It's just dead rubber, and it makes it a bit more interesting to watch. And hopefully, Sri Lanka can win.
2: But yeah, so it's it's nice. There's been a lot of cricket at the uh, Southampton and GS Bowl recently, which is nice to see. Yeah,
1: um, although I would like to say... If if I asked you what is the most prestigious uh, ground in the UK, you would go for lords if you knew about cricket. And uh, for some reason, what was billed as the ultimate test was in Southampton. Not a good choice.
2: Big it up. Big up Southampton, isn't it? Um, So, yeah, nice. Nice anyway. So, yeah, that was the news this week. Lovely stuff. We'll have more next week. Right, news done. Now, Aaron, it's time for Corner Taken Quickly. Oh, I
1: did not expect... At
2: all. Okay, first question Which men's player won player of the tournament in the 2020 Guinness Six Nations?
1: I should know this.
2: If you think about it, player of the um, tournament.
1: louis Reeves
2: it. No, it was Anton DuPont.
1: Damn it. You could have got I that, should, I okay, yeah, yeah, I, that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so Isaac, Conte yeah. quickly. Oh, Aaron, what is it? Let's go. <laughs> Uh, what is this, the highest speed ever recorded in a Formula One car in miles an hour, please?
2: In miles an hour? Okay. Uh, this is I'm going to sound silly here if I get this really miles up. Um I'm going to say 200 miles an hour. No idea.
1: 231. Okay, not, bad. not too
2: bad. Not too bad. Well
1: done. Right. Um, Ivok, what's
2: up now? It's Cornelton Quigley.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Uh, go on,
2: then. Origi uh, smashed in two so far. Well, three. <laughs> Right, your second question. Another one about rugby. Name the four top seeds for the 2023 Rugby World Cup who were drawn against their opponents in December.
1: Right. Uh, South Africa.
2: Is one, correct.
1: New Zealand.
2: Is two, correct. England. Is three, correct. Go on. Full house, number four. This one is sort of surprising, but when you think about it, it's not really that surprising.
1: Oh... Is it Argentina? I don't
2: know. No. Um I would have gone Australia, but it's not by either of those. It's Wales. Okay. You the there
1: you go. That's fair. Isaac, Origi Smashing 4. Oh.
2: <laughs> well, we got them all out of the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the 2021 Formula One opening titles, who is the first driver oh. seen?
2: Oh, surely I don't know, but I'm surely it's got to be Hamilton.
1: No, he's the last driver scene. Oh, the first driver scene is, is Nicholas TV.
3: Oh, right, well, so
1: Arigi <laughs> smashed in four. That's also in the latest sport news. But now <laughs> it's time for a lovely little Absolutely. interview we did with a W series driver called Caitlin Wood. Take yes. it away, Isaac. What's the score with Aaron and Isaac? Okay, so now we are joined by our next guest, uh, would you please introduce yourself
3: Hi I'm Caitlin Wood and I'm Australian racing driver uh, based in the UK, racing in the W series.
2: Very very interesting, right, uh, first of all first main question, how did you first get into it and yeah, how did you first get into it
3: uh, Long time ago <laughs> um, it all started I was uh, just young, I was seven when I first started karting um, but I'd sort of been around it my whole life up until then. Anyway, there's quite a big age gap between myself and my brother. Um, and he was 12 by the time I was born. So I just grew up at the cart circuit, watching him race. I didn't really know any different. So, um, yeah, I started when I was seven. I wanted to have a go myself and try and beat my bigger brother. And, uh, it's just created all of this mess. Really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, a big question, really how better are you than your brother
3: (laughs) at the (laughs) beginning I wasn't definitely not but um I think uh, I think now I can definitely give him a run for his money
1: good
2: um so basically first of all how long have you uh been doing your career for and what's kept you motivated through that that time
3: well yeah like I said it, it started when I was young and when you're at that age it's just a hobby you know it's just a sport you enjoy doing um I sort of try have tried to turn it into a career you know everything i do is motorsport based um so you know it was probably the ages of f- 13 14 when i knew that this is something that i wanted to pursue um at a professional level um so we just tried everything that we could to try and uh, achieve that uh when i was 18 i left home so i left australia and i moved to germany by myself um and i lived there uh raced and worked there for a race team out there in European GT four. Um, and then I was, yeah, based there for two years. Uh, and then, uh, I didn't really want to go back home, but my visa had run out. So I came to the UK and then I've been based here for nearly four years now. Um, I've sort of found my base. I think motor, uh, motorsport is very big in the UK and you can work in the industry. Uh, so I enjoy what I do. I'm a race instructor. So I work for a bunch of different companies. Um, all around the UK into Europe as well go to all the different race circuits and yeah I'm able to create my own business I've just finished building my own track car with my other half Matt and you know we can hopefully bring more people into motorsport at a fun level I think that's the biggest thing you can in any professional sport you can lose the fun Um, and I definitely think I did along the way Um, but that's what I'm all about now. I want to show people how much this sport has done for me. I'm definitely not finished with my own career. I have so much I want to still achieve. Uh, so many races, I still want to tick off, off my list. Also
1: like like race, race in W Series 20, 2019 and then reserve driver this reserve driver this year. It's brilliant to see that you, you've got all of these things and you're still managing to do what you love.
3: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, but ultimately, ultimately, my uh, my goal, my dream is to um, is to go to Le Mans and win Le Mans. So that's um, that's my ambition. That and,
1: that, that yeah. would be brilliant.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it would be pretty cool.
1: Yeah,
2: what well, definitely one of the biggest uh, sporting well sporting things in the world, uh, motorsport, that is anyway. Um, so obviously we know about me and Aaron we we take part in uh, sports ourselves and we know that uh, being fit is obviously a big thing about it but uh, as a from a driver's perspective how what does your sort of fitness regime look like because I know it's a bit different
3: yeah it's definitely different but it's it's just another professional sport at the end of it you have to you have to treat yourself like an athlete I know a lot of people think we just sit on our butts and turn a steering wheel but there's a there's a lot more more to it especially when um you've got endurance races for example a 24-hour race your endurance your stamina needs to be super high especially when you're dealing with such high temperatures in the cockpit like the cockpits can get up to 60 degrees um you know some cars don't have power steering you've got to obviously manage that um but yeah ultimately um you obviously your cardio needs to be quite good but your, your upper body strength your strength within i guess your whole body uh needs to be quite good uh like i said in single seaters you don't have power steering so Sometimes when you're actually turning a corner, you could be turning like a fifteen or twenty kilo weight. And how many corners do you have in a circuit over too, how much time? <laughs> yeah, so it all adds up, and it's the same with with braking as well. When you when you brake, um, you know you need about eighty eighty to one hundred kilos worth of force on the brake pedal. And so, how many times do you break around just one lap? Let alone over a normal stint. So stamina um is definitely a big thing in motorsport and uh just being able to deal with the g's and and ultimately it comes down to your to to your mental focus that's probably the biggest thing
2: what do you um what do you do to train for those things exactly do you think
3: uh well we've got um well i have a simulator um it's quite basic in comparison to probably a lot of people's but um yeah we uh, i have a sim at home so i do laps on that as really good to keep your mind sharp because you're practicing what you would like in real so to speak um it doesn't obviously replicate the forces or well, mind doesn't as much as what it would in real life but it's still such a great uh tool to use and then obviously loads of gym training loads of strength training loads of running loads of cycling um all of that type of stuff just to keep your body and your mind fit um and then i work with um a mind coach just to help make sure i'm in the right frame of mind um and that that's pretty much you just do everything you would as a normal athlete um and you're always trying to find that last little bit of you know that last little one percenter to be the best aren't you
1: yeah sure. um now in every sport there are always setbacks sometimes in uh, racing it's they uh, bigger than most especially with injuries but what has been your personal biggest setback
3: That's a good question. Um, It's tricky uh, because I feel like there's been loads of setbacks along the way, probably more so than uh, than, uh, really good results. Uh, And that's just sort of motorsport. You have those, usually when you have one, you never really have one. There's like a consecutive amount of them. And then you have this massive, massive high and that's what keeps you going. It's a bit like a drug, isn't it? Um, So probably the end of 2019 um, after the W series season had finished and I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve. Um, I had quite an unlucky season. I wanted to represent Australia better than what I thought I did, but it's just your mind playing tricks on you at the end of the day. You can only do what you can do. And um, I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve and I need to accept that. And I moved on now. I've become a better driver, better athlete, better person. And
1: And then then, then sort of, it's like, at least your head's still very much in the door uh, for the years beyond, because I'm sure W Series is going to go on for a a very long time.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, And yeah, just focus on myself. So I think that's probably been the biggest switch for me in finding my own team. Uh, You know, I found my own my own uh, driving coach, my own mental coach, and just really focusing on myself rather than trying to do so many things at once.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's what sports about, isn't it? Overcoming those uh, those setbacks and and just keep going, basically. Um, and obviously yeah. one of the one, one of the biggest setbacks for the nation really has been uh, the lockdown in the past uh, year or so. so. What what did you do to sort of um, keep yourself going through that and keep yourself fit as well?
3: Yeah, that was really hard because obviously I'm based in the UK and I just see everyone back home in Australia living a normal life. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't get, I can't really get home. Um, my parents come and can't come and see me either, so haven't seen them for nearly um, up to two years now, which is a bit crazy. Yeah. But um, it's a bit out of my control, so I just have to keep cracking on. But yeah, it was hard. <laughs> It was hard. We uh, Matt and I just live in a little one-bed apartment. So, there, yeah, there was a few little tantrums with each other, but we, uh, we got through it. And, yeah, I just tried to train as much as I could and just tried to use the time to focus on my career and myself because in motorsport, you never really get the time to <laughs> breathe, let alone sit down for a few weeks. So those few weeks turned into a few months. So, yeah, it dragged quite a bit. But a lot of simulator stuff. We um, did a W Series eSports League. So instead of being able to race in real, we did a league online. Um, so that was good. That was interesting. Learned a new skill, realistically, how to race on the simulator professionally. <laughs> um, and yeah, just loads of running. I couldn't get into the gym and I don't have um, a lot of weights at my house. So I couldn't really do too much strength training. It was a lot of body weight stuff. Um, but yeah, just trying to keep your mind sharp, keep yourself occupied, get yourself into a rhythm and do what you can do.
1: Okay, Um, what would you, moving on from setbacks and now going on to achievements, what would you classify as your greatest achievement?
3: Oh, that's good. Uh, there's Yeah, there's a few of them, really. Um, I think, well, one of them was um, qualifying for the W Series in 2019, being one of the, you know, the 18 drivers from around the world to be selected. I think that was a pretty cool achievement. Uh, previously, before that, I uh, finished on the podium um, in was, it was called the Blomphorn GT Series in GT3 and Silver Cup um, in our Lamborghini GT3. So that was pretty cool because that was my first year in a professional field um, up against factory teams and everything like that. So, um, yeah, to finish on the podium in our class, I think was was pretty, pretty special. And uh, in Misano. So, um, yeah, those two definitely stand out to me. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be many more along the way.
2: It sounds like you've achieved a good amount already in your career, and I'm sure there's lots of more to come. Um, so we have a few more questions a bit later on, but now it's time for our segment we do with all of. I guess it's extra time. Hello, and welcome to extra time. Aquarius! Aaron, would you like to explain what extra time is?
1: Yes, extra time is where you are, is where we give you the title of a list, and you have to name as many things slash names that uh, are on that list in fifteen seconds. Now, your list is because we read that you um, competed in twenty fifteen in Australian Formula Four. Right. Um. Yeah. Can you name all of your competitors?
3: Oh my God, that's such a good list. Well done.
2: Okay, so uh, you you have 15 seconds to name as many as you can in that time. Uh, uh, If you're ready, your time starts now.
3: Okay, Thomas Randall, Harry Hayek, Lewis Leeds. Oh my God, I've gone blank. Um, uh, You
1: do count, so I'm just going to give you that anyway. Me, me. It's time up. Okay. So oh. that was four. That's not bad. Not bad at all.
2: Fifteen seconds is a lot shorter than you would think.
1: Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah, so
2: that was good stuff, though. Um, we do have a leaderboard. Uh, I think Aaron's got that. Uh, but the scores we've got a bit of a dodgy scoring system because obviously with all the guests we have, they have different number of things in each list. So we thought, um, so if you get between one and two points, you get one point. So if you get between three and four, you get two, and so on. Um, so uh, I believe you've got four points. So that would be two points. In, yeah. our system, which... okay. in
1: our scoring system, two-point scoring system, which uh, puts you no, puts you in a three-way tie. Very interesting. First one of them in second to last place. Yay! <laughs> so, what, uh,
2: I believe our um, our leaderboard stands. We have a dance coach at the top. We have a, a hockey player uh, and a cricketer joint second. Then we have a gymnast third and then we have uh, a taekwondoer, a swimmer and yourself uh joint fourth and then a sea swimmer last so there we go okay not
1: there a bad performance though very well done
2: absolutely right good stuff that was extra time so now uh, we move on to a few more questions first of all um obviously you've, you've brought up uh briefly when we were chatting before but what would you say the future holds for you in your career
3: um well, yeah, like I said, my ultimate goal is to get myself on the 24 hours of the Um And then, you know, I think it'd be a pretty cool achievement to be the first Australian woman to win it. So they're my, they're my high goals that I want to achieve in motorsport. And trust me, there's loads of other ones along the way. You know, I'd love to do um, 24 hour, like Daytona, uh, all these amazing races from around the world, 24 hours in the Nürburgring um you know I've really sort of fallen in love with endurance racing uh, in my past doing Bathurst 12 hour and Dubai 24 hours so I think I'd really um you know that's the route I'm looking to go down and to follow um but right now like right now within my career is to just do the best job that I can do um and take as much experience and knowledge that I can to become a better driver
1: um one thing i am just really interested in is how do you keep yourself motivated in a 24-hour race because that cannot be in any way easy
3: no it's not but the adrenaline gets you through like my first 24 hour was just like it flew by because it just was so uh unique to me at the time I just was mind blown I couldn't sleep so I was just like too hyped by the whole process. I couldn't couldn't really take myself away from the garage and not see what was going on when I wasn't in car, which isn't very smart. As a driver, you have to definitely have your downtime so that when you do get back in the car, you're, you're fully focused and ready to go. But yeah, I was able to rest, but I didn't really sleep too many hours. So yeah, the next day after the race had finished, I was absolutely uh, destroyed. But you you just have this massive team environment and you all keep each other going. And that's what I really like about it because to succeed in such a long race, it's not just, you know, it's not just about yourself anymore. You know what I mean? You have a massive team around you You have co-drivers that you need to work with and do, do driver changes with, and make sure that they're on point, make sure you're not doing little mistakes. Then you've got your pit crew that obviously needs to do all the tire changes, any brake pads, changes, any, any changes on the car fix the car if anything's happened um and then you've got your engineers and and the whole team behind you and you're all focused on this one goal so you you have a lot of motivation and a lot of passionate people around you so it's definitely not very hard to to um (laughs) to not be motivated
1: there may, there may be a few um, young girls listening to this who would very much like to get into motor racing and that's sort of mainly the point of W Series. Um, what what are your tips and tricks to those who want to get into motor racing?
3: Yeah, if you want to get into, into motorsport, then why not just do it? Do whatever you're imp- passionate about, whatever you enjoy. If you don't like it, that's fine as well. But um, if you do... In whatever route, whether that's as an engineer, mechanic, driver, there's so many great initiatives out there now that you can sign yourself up to. Uh, there's FIA Girls on Track, which <clears throat> can also come around to schools all around the world and uh, help give little girls an understanding of what different roles in motorsport are about. And then obviously you've got the W Series, which highlights and is just uh shows people what we're capable of and puts us you know at at a high level and that's great and there'll be more and more initiatives coming out from w series as well to get more women and girls involved into the sport but yeah just reach out to people don't be afraid to contact anyone if you want advice or if you want support um and just if you enjoy it keep going don't don't listen to anyone else just listen to yourself
2: yeah it's absolutely great and uh well, it's, it's, been, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, me and Aaron are actually sort of starting to learn to drive um, in the next yeah. months or so. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's given us some motivation, I think, you know, getting yeah. not to drive fast, obviously, on the road. do No, I do love karting. I do. I, I've only been a few times, but it is great fun. And obviously, yeah, uh, anyone who, who wants to do that, uh, definitely get get in a kart and just go for it. Um, so, yeah, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks very much for joining us uh, today. And uh, yeah, good luck with the rest of your career. Thank you very much. Thank you. What's the score with Aaron and Isa? That was our interview with Caitlin Wood. Very good stuff. Uh, lovely stuff. Interesting as well. I didn't know much about um, W Series or all of her other driving experience, but uh, yeah, yeah, lovely stuff. And
1: we wish her the best of luck if she ever gets into Le Mans.
2: Exactly. Uh, or I wish her the best for this series of um, this season of uh, W Series as well, yes. if she gets a race. Uh, so yeah there we go interview there now ladies and gents it's time for the biggest segments of the show it's game set and match
1: all you have to do is guess the sporting moment
2: sounds easy there must be a catch you will get free clues and then you start a guessing this is game set It's still one of the catchiest songs I've ever heard. Game, set, and match yes. time.
1: Thank you to your dad.
2: Absolutely. Uh, right, ladies and gents, this is episode 20. So uh, we've been doing this for a long time now, but we're still going. So uh, obviously, game, set, and match. Three clues. Uh, first clue worth uh, three points. Second clue, two points. And last clue, one point. Okay, on uh, on one side of my coin this week, we've got England, and on the other side, we've got Germany. Call it.
1: Deutschland!
2: Oh it is It is Germany. I hope that's not Aye. a bad omen. <laughs> oh no, right. I hope that's not a bad omen uh, for England.
1: I will <laughs> I will go first.
2: Okay, do you like to guess first? Yes. Okay, your first clue. Oh sorry, my uh, my sporting moment is it's technically a tragedy, I would say, but it's not a huge one.
1: Okay. So it's not someone dead.
2: No. Uh your first clue. 2016 Triathlon World Series finale.
1: Um did someone uh, lose it by one point or
2: whatever? Uh, no. Okay, your second clue is the Brownlee brothers.
1: Oh. Any
2: ideas? Any ideas?
1: Oh, did right. Okay, so they were running, 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 running. One of them. Uh, did a slight bit of a collapse. The other put their arm around him. Someone came through and did, I'm the winner! Oh, yeah,
2: sorry, ladies. Uh t- Sort of, that's pretty much. You'll Your final clue is dehydration. Uh, but you've pretty okay. much got it there, yeah. basically. Um, so, yeah, uh, if listeners, if you are unaware, 2016, um, it was the uh, finale of the World Series in Mexico, Triathlon World Series. Uh, Johnny Brownlee needed to win to win the whole series. Um, but he was dehydrated and he, he was literally uh, wobbling and collapsed all over the place. Um, and jo- uh, Al- his brother Alistair was in second, came and picked him up, basically uh, helped carry him over the line and then pushed him over for him to come second. Uh, obviously, yeah, a guy did overtake him, which was confusing. Yeah. But...
1: So I, 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 I'm impressed yeah. with that. Yeah,
2: basically. Um, now, i have got to play a clip, actually, uh, from this because it's a really interesting moment um and so yeah
0: now johnny has to win and to be sure of taking the title and right now he seems to have lost control of his legs and this is worrying oh and he's starting to slow and there is a little way to go there's half a k to go and johnny is running out of time oh goodness me this is a horrible sight jonathan brownlee has lost it now and has staggered to a stop at the side of the course and Alistair's stopped to help him along and Alistair is going to try and carry his brother home. Dramatic scenes in Cozumel as the Olympic champion carries his younger brother towards the podium. Oh my God, I cannot believe what we are seeing here. Unbelievable scenes. Unbelievable scenes in Cozumel, the Brownley brothers arm in arm, but it's not by way of celebration, but Johnny can hardly stand and Alistair is having to drag him across the line and pushing him home, pushing him home for second, Johnny finishes in second.
2: Well, there we go, a bit of a clip there. Yeah,
0: that's that's amazing
2: that,
1: good good on them is what I want to say, but the even better news, I have two points!
2: You did. Very good. One of the first times. Now, just uh, uh, Jonathan Brownley tweeted after they said, now, not how I wanted to end the season, but gave it everything. Thanks, Alistair Brownie. Your loyalty is incredible. So, yeah, lovely stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then Alistair, uh, get a little clip. He says, I wish the flipping idiot had paced it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. That was uh, good stuff. Now, um, after that brief interlude, I just wanted to share that. After that brief interlude, uh, it's time for... Aaron's uh, game yeah. set a match.
1: Uh, now it is a rather loose victory this week for me. It's a loose in the term. So it is n- your first clue: West Ham versus Manchester United.
2: Okay. Uh, was it? Okay, so was it the whole thing about um, Jesse Lingard going from West Ham to Man? Well, Man United to West Ham on loan, but then did really well at West Ham. No, it isn't. Okay, fair enough.
1: The second clue, 5th of December 2020.
2: Okay. First half.
1: A bit of an extra clue to give you a bit of a help. Yeah. It it was regarded as... The match itself was regarded as a victory for people in the UK.
2: Right, okay. Was it quite a high-scoring match, or maybe West Ham won, or...? No. Okay, next clue.
1: Two thousand.
2: say two thousand goals but i don't think that's right <laughs> um, 2,000. thousand
1: what is, 2000, is measured measured in the thousands
2: fans um must be fans. i don't know there isn't anything else
1: uh, yeah but what, what about the fans
2: there was more than that there probably
1: no oh the first it game was, back was, with yes! fans. Yes! Oh, oh, I'm so thick.
2: There you are! One <laughs> oh. point! Fair enough. <laughs> that was good. I don't know how I didn't get that yet sooner. Fair enough. Fair, Fair enough. Off. One point, I'll take that. Two, yeah. two two to Aaron, though. Good week yeah. for points. Lovely stuff. Um, we're forgetting about scores, basically. But, yeah. Good close. Hope you got that at home. And, uh, well done if you did. Well done if you did. Thank you very much. Uh, that was Game 7 Match. What's the score with Aaron and Isaac
1: okay well that was game set and match as I didn't get to do it this time uh, but now we must turn our attention to what someone said and today we're turning our attention to what an Aussie says in one. Say
2: Right. Yes. This is. Say what now? I'm gonna. I'm gonna read some funny sporting quotes. Now this week we've got Daniel Ricciardo's quotes. Yeah. Very funny man. So, first one for you. Uh, so he was asked, um, aside from money, glamour, travel, and adrenaline, why did you want to be a racing driver? And then Daniel replied, uh, exactly those things. <laughs> uh, next one. So uh, this is what he said. Sport does that. It's up and down, and it does kick you in the nuts sometimes, I guess. Or you feel like it does. Or if you're a female, it kicks you in whatever it is. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Okay. Uh, this is Daniel Ricciardo on taking chances. Sometimes you've just got to lick the stamp and send it. <laughs> that's I nice. like
1: that. That's good, that.
2: <laughs> this is funny. I'm kind of not sure if my name is Daniel, David da- or Darren. I don't really know anything anymore. Like Zoolander, where he looks into the puddle. Who am I? Is it the puddle? Yeah. Anyway, what did you ask me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just gibberish, right? Uh, this one's good. So this, he, Daniel was asked, what do you do to get a break? Uh, and then Daniel replied, have a Kit Kat. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: uh, what I do to have a break and it's what you do to have a break. Have a Kit, have Kat. A Kit Kat. Lovely. Hashtag not spawn
2: uh right and then your final one now daniel ricardo is known for doing the shui, which is where he pours champagne into a shoe and drinks out of that on yeah. the podium um and this is what he says are uh, talking about that if the champagne is cold then it tastes good normally on the podium it's cold so you don't get all the flavors <laughs> but if it's warm then you get the sweat and all that through it the cold <laughs> taste kills the bad stuff
1: <laughs> <laughs> i really want to do a shoey one day
2: Oh, it'll be great fun. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> lovely stuff. That was saying what? Funny quotes there, very funny. Okay. Um, but yes, now we move on to more funny facts. And this, it's time for Aaron's factual frenzy.
1: Yes, this is where I read out three facts that are funny, interesting, or sometimes neither, or some of the, or sometimes a bit of both offer facts fact today. Sir so Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Sherlock Holmes, played goalie for the Amateur Portsmouth Association Football Club, which would eventually become the Portsmouth professional team that won the FA Cup in 2008. No
2: way! That's awesome! Arthur Conan Doyle played for Pompey as yeah, goalkeeper.
1: And now coming to collect it is Conan Doyle. He kicks <laughs> it up the field, it goes fast <laughs> I think that's really good that's
2: pretty
1: for the yeah. Anyway... China did not win an Olympic medal until 1984. At the Beijing, at the 2008 Beijing Games, the Chinese won 100.
2: Oh yeah, wow! So they were—they've only sort of been a recently good team then. Fair
1: yeah, right. pretty much. And Greece is the only country to have participated in every Olympics under its own flag.
2: Oh wow, that is interesting. Very interesting. Well, yeah. Best so, what is the best fact? Definitely Arthur Conan Doyle playing goalkeeper for Pompey. Okay,
1: so okay, guys. So remember, so Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Sherlock Holmes, played goalie for the amateur Portsmouth Association Football Club, which would eventually become the Portsmouth professional team that won the FA Cup in 2008. And remember that Conan Doyle kicks up the field and he <laughs> scores a goal. Very wise. Well done.
2: Lovely stuff there. Right. That was, say what, an factual frenzy. Uh, now it's time for a bit of Euros. Euro fever. Hey, Euros,
1: it's coming home, but not because we're facing Germany. I'm not so
2: sure about that, but... Um,
1: <laughs> no, it is not, is it? Let's be honest. Um,
2: right. Well, yeah, so,
1: um, so, the group stage is finished. Uh, uh, needless to say, in Group S, Hungary came home, stone dead last.
2: Well, it wasn't needless to say necessarily because they drew with France... Uh, they lost to Portugal, but then they were they were beating Germany until like the eighty second minute or whatever, and then oh, what a shame! Germany came back and equalized, was put which put them third. So, yeah. so it's a real shame for um for oh no to put them second because England played them, but it's a real shame yeah. for Hungary. They they played really well, fair play to them. Um, but yeah, so but round of sixteen. That's all we can say. Uh, yeah, tomorrow that. is Saturday, the sixteenth of June. Italy play Austria at Wembley. Uh, that'll be an interesting game. I think Italy have that one. I think they win that personally. Yeah. Um, and also <laughs> yeah. on that day is um, Wales versus Denmark. Now this will be a big game. This yeah. is in Amsterdam.
1: I am backing Wales.
2: Yes, I'm fully backing Wales. Um, Denmark have got something to prove. They they need to win the tournament for Eriksson. I think they've got it in yeah. their heads. I think yeah. I generally I think fair play to them. They will. I reckon they will go far. Um, just to do it for him, <coughs> and I think they, Pardon I think it, they deserve it as well. They deserve it. So yeah, they, it's a they shame for Wales, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I'm backing Wales. Wales. Yeah. I'm backing Wales, but I think Denmark will win. I think Denmark. Yeah. Will win that Now on Sunday, it is Netherlands versus Czech Republic. I think Netherlands have got that one. Probably.
1: Yeah, I think Netherlands have got that. Don't really need to speak much more. Belgium and Portugal, Ronaldo v Lukaku, an absolute peach.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, so Ronaldo has officially equaled the record of 109 goals for your country ever, um, uh, and he just needs one more, and so I'm sure he will beat it. I really am. I'm sure he'll beat it this tournament. So that'll be good to see. Even though I don't really want them to win again because they won it last time. No. But I, I think I would. I would like Belgium to win because I just. I just sort of like Belgium a little bit. Yeah.
1: Um, I like Lukaku. We want Belgium to. Win I like Belgium Telemans. Win. Go on, uh, Belgium. Yeah. Right. But
2: it, the interesting thing, right? So um on on monday uh, is croatia spain and france switzerland on tuesday sweden ukraine and england germany but interesting Yay. thing is the round of 16 has been split into two sides and you can clearly see one side is a hard side one side is the easy side now the hard side includes belgium portugal france switzerland um croatia and spain and oh, that's it
1: yeah, uh, so it's pretty much guaranteeing that England go through and then get moved in the sense.
2: No, well, not necessarily because um, in in England's side we've got, obviously we play Germany, but then um, whoever wins out of that game, let's let's say, in because OK, we'll talk about England-Germany now. Personally, I think, I'm fully backing England for this, obviously, I think England will win. I do think England will win. Germany have had a stinker of a few games. They played amazing against Portugal, but then they were really bad in their first game and against Hungary, they weren't great. Um, I mean,
1: they, they they weren't great anyway. Because, um, how many goals have we scored this tournament? England. Two.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: How many goals? How many individual goal scorers have scored? One. One. Yeah. Uh, we scored many four ha- against
2: Portugal in total in, in yeah. one game. Yeah.
1: How How many have? Um. How many chances have we had in that Scotland game where we could have been winning it?
2: Nil. <laughs> And I how many
1: chances it. does Harry Kane have to show he's captain? Unlimited.
2: Yeah, apparently so. Because
1: Gareth's an idiot.
2: He's just, he's not great, Harry Kane, is he? <laughs> no. I'd say you've got to stick Dominic Calvert-Lewin up there. I know he's the captain, but just also, I think you've got to start Tyrone Mings instead of Harry Maguire. I don't like Harry Maguire, but I think you've got to- He's just not. I think Mings is better. I do. Mings and John Stones fullback. Now I also think against Germany, we we might do a five at the back sort of thing. We'll have like Kieran Trippier um, and uh, Rhys James on the wings. Then we have, and then maybe all three. I think maybe he'll put John Stones, Maguire, and Mings in the back. And then you've got like Declan Rice and Phillips in the middle. And then probably Harry Kane, Sterling, and maybe Foden. Grealish has got to start, surely, right? Jack Grealish has got to start. Yeah,
1: Grealish starts. Harry Kane gets burned at the stake so he <laughs> can't be captain. Um, but, um Raheem Sterling yeah fine keeping he's been re- he's been the only goal scorer. He's been,
2: no, he's been I mean good. he hasn't been great but he's the only one that scored goals. So. Yeah exactly um, which
1: is all we care about.
2: But the FA is exploring the possibility of Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount taking part in socially distanced training with a full England group so they yeah. can in contention to face Germany um, because they're the Chelsea people are isolating after being deemed close contacts with Billy Gilmore yeah <laughs> got, uh, we, would, we would just
1: like to say Billy Gilmore if you're listening un- unlikely will be but best of best wishes to you hopefully yeah. you get better soon. absolutely
2: and um, he, he has people generally people have been calling Billy Gilmore the <laughs> it sounds a bit weird but the uh, the white Scottish cante. <laughs>
1: Okay, um,
2: so <laughs> like he's th- really. That's a
1: perfect. That, that explains Britain
2: perfectly. Um, so yeah, hopefully Mason Mount and Ben Chilwell can be back. I mean, I doubt though don't either of them will start. Um, yeah, I, I don't.
1: I don't think they should be.
2: No, I mean Mason Mount is a really good player. Yeah. He's one. He's one that I think could. Uh, it'll be him or Foden probably. Also, I think Gareth Southgate is a really good manager. He just sort of struggles to manage this England team. I think. It's just with the pressure of it, I think that's he's struggling with it. But yeah, anyway. But um, so England play Germany, obviously. Now Sweden play Ukraine on Tuesday as well. Now the winner of that game, I think it'll be interesting. I think it will be Sweden, but I would I would rather Ukraine win just because they've got yeah. Based on I would
1: rather. Ukraine, because they probably are the easiest one. I mean, we should beat both of them if we get through.
2: But. Well, yeah, so and that's the other thing. If England do beat Germany, we play the winner of that game. Now, interestingly, England versus Germany is in Wembley, and Sweden versus Ukraine is at Hampton Park, so Scottish uh, vibes are still oh. there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I reckon it will be England-Sweden. I'd rather Ukraine, because I just like Yarmolenko, uh, West Ham dude. Um, but then yeah. whoever wins, say it's England-Sweden, um, then I reckon England win that. Well, actually, yeah. no, I think, I think, genuinely, I think England beat Germany and then we lose to Ukraine or Sweden. That's what I think. Uh, so, say Netherlands beat Czech Republic um, and say yeah. Wales, say Wales beat Denmark for the sake of this, then we yeah. will have a Wales versus Denmark quarter final, which would be, in, sorry, Wales versus Netherlands quarter final, which would be very interesting. Yeah. I think Netherlands will win, but say Wales win that and say England beat Sweden, we will have an England versus Wales semi final at Wembley. <laughs>
1: yeah. That would um, be insane. That would be amazing. Um, And, uh, uh, Wem- Wembley uh, will host more than sixty thousand for Euro climax. Um, that's yes. the headline. Um, so hopefully, yes, yeah. well, 30,000 each. Let's go. In however, USA yeah, Wales.
2: an agreement has been reached between the UK government and UEFA to increase the attendance uh, at Wembley, uh, but to seventy five percent capacity. So sixty thousand is still not full capacity, but um, it's it's the government have agreed. It's not. Um, obviously it happens before the, the restrictions are eased but yeah this is another thing like the Formula 1. There we go that's basically our Euro chat. Uh, come on England it's not coming home realistically no. but it's, it, technically it's already home because the final's at Wembley yeah. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So but, but Yeah we'll come home for 90 minutes before being lost.
2: So uh, final predictions <laughs> then I say England beat Germany and then lose to Sweden um, and Wales I say lose to Denmark unfortunately what do you think?
1: Yeah Um Pretty much the same as as I would I would rather say England lose England win against Ukraine and then the semis we just go for. Wales it will most likely if
2: England do beat Germany and then they also beat Sweden or Ukraine, it will most likely be the Netherlands in the semi final.
1: Okay, okay, and then we lose to the Netherlands one step short, which is normally where we are anyway.
2: Yeah. Uh, but I have been saying I did, I did, I have been saying before the tournament that England will be knocked out by Belgium. I did say the semi-final, but that's not possible, but it could be an England-Belgium final, so <laughs> you never know. That, it, might, it might come true. That
1: that would be interesting because in in my house it will sort of be, come on Lukaku, oh no, come on Realish.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, we had a great interview today. Thanks very much to Caitlin Wood for that. Um, we'll have another one sometime in the future uh, but thanks very much for listening basically Aaron what have we learnt this week
1: well this week we have learnt that Arthur Conan Doyle was rather handy at picking up a ball and Daniel Ricardo coined the phrase have a break have a Kit Kat have a, a break have a Kit Kat thank
2: you very much, <laughs> thank, you very much. <laughs> yeah.
1: thank you very very much to Caitlin Wood and uh, us thank yeah. you us uh, have a fantastic <laughs> week guys see hear from you in a week's time Goodbye.
2: We'll see you next week. Goodbye.
3: What's the score with Aaron and Isaac.